everyone. Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Dharma. I'm your host, Heather Love. Can you believe we're almost into April already? While I very much believe that time is not linear, I am always amazed at how fast it all seems to go. Still, winter always lasts a little longer than I'd like. I'm ready for warmth and sunshine and to be able to wake up and open the windows and hear the birds chirping outside. It always feels like a magical time of year when everything comes back to life and turns green again. I hope wherever you are that you're enjoying the season and are soaking in this beautiful life that we get to live. And speaking of a beautiful life, in today's episode, I introduce you to Clarity Coach and Certified Energy Practitioner, Tara McRory. I first met Tara when she gave me an Akashic Records reading about a year ago. I really connected with her energy, and I know you will too. Today, we talk not only about Akashic Records, but also about how to trust your intuition and why your manifestations may not be coming to you. We also talk about how to use a pendulum and the power of dragons. It's an episode you don't want to miss. So without further ado, let's welcome Tara to the show. Hi, Tara. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I am so glad you're here. You have been a huge inspiration and mentor in my life. So it means a lot to me that you are here today. Oh, thank you so much. I am. I'm super excited and I'm really honored that you invited me to be here on your show. Um, That means equally as much to me. So I'm I'm super excited about all the things that we get to dive into and and talk about because I know it's going to be totally awesome. Yay. All right. So to get started, I would like to ask you to pick a color of either red or blue, and I'm going to ask you a question out of one of these two books I have. Ooh. Oh, I love fun games. Okay. Hold on a second. Um, Blue. Blue. All right. Random question. We'll go towards the end. <laughs> Will people demand Hollywood bring back Elf or ET? Or sorry, Elf, the the creature. Elf the, the oh Elf Elf the oh. I was going with that. <laughs> didn't he like to eat cats or something? I forget. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Elf was kind of popular when I was a kid, but I it, it, I was a little no, I didn't watch that. So I'm gonna say ET just because. I have more of a reference point with E.T. Andy's an alien. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong with aliens. <laughs> right. I mean, I love aliens. So I would love to start with what kind of personality did young Tara have? What, what did you like? What did you do for fun? Ooh, young Tara, what kind of personality did young Tara have? Well, I mean, I grew up in the time and space and place where we rode our bikes till, you know, the lamppost came on and that's when we went home. So uh, young Tara was pretty much just like out and about in the neighborhood. I also did a lot of dance and competitive dance as a kid. So that was another 
part of me. And I just always remember, even as a kid, I was always super organized and like super self-disciplined. It was kind of crazy because growing up and now as an adult and well into adulthood, you know, that's something that I realized like, oh man, I carried that from such a young age. So to unlearn that and to like, oh yeah. When you kind of look back and you're like, darn, you know, you were like at 12, have your own job and you're babysitting. And I was buying things for myself and it was like, go, 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 go. Um, so I would say I was pretty serious as a, as an like childhood me is, it was very serious, uh, much less serious as an adult. So it's really swung in terms of the, the pendulum has swung there. That's really interesting. Cause I, I find a lot of kids that are serious stay that way. So what do you think shifted in your life that made you go to the opposite end of the spectrum? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I mean, by far the biggest shift for me was, uh, I had about an 18 month stint where I just called it like this chaotic shit storm occurred. And yeah, like it was like, boom, boom, boom. And, um, coming at the other side, I like had as influential role model pass. And then I had this breakup, this massive relationship that was really important to me, uh, or it was very important to me. And I thought it was, you know, had much more potential than it did. And like all of these things just occurred and I, and I left my job (laughs) all within an 18 month stint. And I realized at the end of it, like coming out the other side that I was burnt out you know, I was burnt out. I didn't recognize that I was depressed until I was kind of on the other side of it. And I actually like discovered that through some, I'm going to call it interesting ways. I didn't realize it until I was reading like Mary Kondo, the, the art of tidying up or whatever. And there's a part where she's like, what do you want your life to look like? And I realized like, holy crap, I'm just wearing baggy clothes and like hiding. And like, then I realized like, okay, you're, you're depressed. And so through all of that, I just realized like, I cannot sustain, my energy is not sustained. I cannot sustain life like this. And it really propelled me into this self-discovery type thing where, you know, they say that the universe kind of just makes things happen for you. If you don't (laughs) pick up on the cues and you don't, you know, they just keep putting it out there for you to grab hold. (laughs) And then, you know, sometimes they're just like, screw you. You're just go for it. And they just kind of move things out of your path and push you down, you know, the roller coaster, if you will. And that's kind of what happened where I was like, well, yes, there's no real turning back. And that's the thing. Like I knew a lot of what I didn't want life to look like anymore. So there was that journey that started to occur of like, okay, well, I know what I don't want. <laughs> Let's try everything else to figure out what I do want. And I, you know, sure enough, I put more in the, I don't want this pile and some in the, I, I want this pile. And eventually I just learned to not take life so seriously, not take, you know, it took a long time. It took a long time. And when you're, when you're kind of going through that burnout and you're going through releasing of societal expectations and family expectations and corporate world and all of that, it takes time and it's a slow, can be a slow and arduous process. However, the more you keep at it, I will say the more relief kind of came into my life first. So before the fun and the playfulness and that came this like sense of relief, 
And just feeling that sense of relief and that exhale, I was like, I I want more of this. And then sure enough, that relief turned into, hey, this is kind of fun. Oh, look, I found a new hobby. Oh, cool. This is awesome. And then came this more not taking life so seriously. And also with that, you know, through that journey, my, my intuition opened up a lot. And I mean, now I'm like, cool. There's a big dragon sitting in the corner. Like, wow, that was an awesome unicorn that came in my dream. You know, I don't think you can be super serious and talk about those things at the same time. So (laughs) yeah. And, and I love that because I think that we can get so caught up in the seriousness of life. And especially when we're feeling burnt out, it does feel very serious. And so to be able to kind of take a step back and do that process of what do I want? What don't I want? Um, it takes a lot of courage because you can really find some things that you maybe aren't wanting to look at. And then Mm -hmm. continuing down that path, it really takes so much courage. So I admire you for that. Thank you. So gosh, where should we start with you? You are into so many beautiful things. I think we should start with Akashic Records because that is how I was first introduced to you. I uh, was lucky enough to receive a reading from you and it was so beautiful that eventually I became one of your students and I learned how to access the Akashic Records for myself, which was amazing. But for our listeners who maybe aren't sure what Akashic records are, how would you describe that? Yeah, that's an amazing question. So I describe it the easiest way I describe it is as Google for the spiritual world. So you may hear uh, the term Akashic records used in many different ways. People will describe it as the book of life. Um, Some will describe it as this ever growing breathing library all of which are true. It's, it's basically an, an, a realm, an esoteric space, you know, a non-tangible space or place that we access that is ever breathing and growing much like Google is always adding information and, you know, searching out different things and adding to the library and, and web searches, etc. So I tell people to think of it like Google for the spiritual world, meaning that it holds infinite possibilities. It holds all kinds of information about your past lives. It holds all kinds of information about your present life, about future possibilities based on where energies are going. And so much like Google, if you want to go into your records, for example, if you want to query your records, uh, if I were to put in Google, like, Hey, red car in this, in the search bar, I would get like millions of pages of results and pictures and you know, listings and all these different things. But if I put in red car 2012 to 2015 with X amount of mileage, whatever, whatever, I would get an, a very different result. And it's very similar in the records. It's about, Hey, if you want to ask, like, what do I need to know today? They may give you some big, broad response, but if you narrow it down a little bit more, they'll give you a lot more, um, refined and defined type of, of response. The other thing I like to explain about the records and tell people is that like, it's not an elitism thing. Like you can all, everyone can get in your records. Your intuition really is connected into your records. It's pulling a lot of information there. So, um, 
another really good way to think about it is if you think of when you're attuned to your intuition or you're, you're getting your gut feel or you feel really guided, you're like, oh, I just knew this was the right thing to do. It's like, think of it as you're just in the lobby of this massive skyscraper and there you are, you're getting this information. You're like, cool. But if you really want to go in your records, then you actually go to the lobby of, you're like, okay, I want to go in my records. Cool. They're like, sure. Let's take you to your records. You go to the elevator lobby because you've decided this. And then you're like, hey, let me put this query in. This is what I want information on. They take you up the infinite amount of, you know, floors up the elevator to the floor that is directly related to that particular query. And then there you go. You get off the elevator and you've got resources and information and, you know, guidance and inspiration and creativity is all there. So that's how I kind of tell people to think of it is think of it like Google. And then if you want to visually sort of connect the two, Hey, anytime you're feeling like you're guided, you're in the lobby, when you decide you want to go in the records, you move to the elevator lobby, you ask the question, you get to the floor. I love that. And so I think it's important for people to understand that when you're talking about Akashic Records too, it's that time isn't linear and that past, present, and future all exist right now. And that this is not our only life and that we've had many before and we will have many after. So I think that that's um, important to note for people who maybe are brand new to this world. So when you go to go up the elevator, are you greeted by just some books? Are you greeted by a spirit guide? What in, in your experience, what does that look like? Ooh, that's such a good question. And I will say that from my own personal experience, it has evolved over time. So it's one of the things that I like to focus on when I'm mentoring or when I'm kind of guiding people through the process is that it's not one size fits all. You're not one size fits all. You're a unique soul. I'm a unique soul. So sometimes you get a guide when you get there. Sometimes you enter into a library. Um, you know, when I first started going into my records and it's kind of funny because sometimes I ask like, Hey, take me back to when I first started. Um, so when I first started going into my records, it, it kind of looked very much like a library, very like Hogwartsy looking library, if you will. Um, and then it kind of progressed into when I was asking to go into my records, I could actually like see myself walking with a torch and very um, like medieval cobblestone kind of looking thing. Eventually it progressed into like, Hey, I was just all of a sudden out in a garden. Um, it really started to depend on where I was kind of looking for information and on what topics, for example, like when I started to get into the garden, I recall that I was really asking about things that would help me bring more joy into my life, like help me with the rebirth process. So it made a lot of sense that all of a sudden I was like in these areas within my records that felt very lush and growth driven and creative. Um, so sometimes people are met with guides immediately. I would say almost all of the time though, there is a guide that's kind of very specific to getting you in the records through the records and more so translating kind of what's coming through the records. Cause there's a little bit of, 
you know, um, a, a little bit of thought that goes with, with the translation aspect of things. Um, as I like to say, the universe and the records can be quite literal. So sometimes if you ask for something, so if you ask for like, you know, how can I make more money? And then they show you like a dime. That's more money. That's 10 cents more than you had before. So, you know, they can be quite funny. So there is a guide that can show up to sort of help you through that aspect of things. Um, But the way it looks is going to be totally unique to your experience. Um, Even the way your guide shows up will be totally unique to your experience. I've mentored loads of people through the Akashic Records and nobody's ever described the same type of place. Um, I mean, they've, they may describe a library, but sometimes, you know, I've had one person describe it very like a boardroom and another person describe it very much like, you know, a, a beautiful university type library. So it really depends. And also I think it kind of shows us some of our lenses that we, we all have these lenses, you know, we all have biases and and perceptions and things like that. And so sometimes when you're looking within the records and you see things, it's also showing you that it's also showing you the lens by which you're looking through things. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause we, we are still human and we do have those stories that we tell about everything. So we will view the world through those. You mentioned when you first started to go into the records. So tell me more about how did you learn about the records and how did you get interested in starting to experiment with them? It was at, it was at that time actually, where I was burnt out and I was on this rediscovery journey that I really was into, you know, getting my hands on as many different tools, techniques, and information that I could. So at that time I was, I took Reiki, I took channeling, I took mediumship courses, I took, um, card reading. I I like, I took all kinds of things and they all, you know, all of them. Now I use them in some capacity or another, because they all just became tools in my, in my toolbox. But the records really started as a, um, I went to a course here with a woman that lives not too far from me. She had lost her daughter and so had wanted to connect her daughter, but she really took this approach of like, there's no elitism. Everyone can do this. Just chill out, relax, let's whatever comes through, comes through. And it was just this environment that felt like there's really no mistakes because there are no mistakes when it comes to this. And, you know, take it away. Just give it a shot, girl. That's kind of how it felt. So I got into the records first through her. Um, and then I, I started practicing. I read um, some books by Linda Howe, which are really great books to, to help you sort of get in and out of the records. Yes. But also to Linda Howe's books kind of guide you through a bunch of questions. Like, I can't exactly remember the first book that I read of hers, but it, a lot of the questions were like, why did I incarnate here in this type of a body? Like, why is my body shape like this? And why did I pick this color skin? And, you know, it just kind of guided you through some questions that were cool to, to discover along the way. And then I would say one thing just led to another. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm in it. And this is all okay, cool. And I was starting to have these really 
mystical and profound and, and great experiences and be able to do healings within it and help other people within their records. And, and it just one thing led to another. So it was honestly, I would say that the first kind of peak was allowing myself the curiosity or to, to, to give myself permission to be curious about it. And it by far was the first thing that I, I recognize now I showed no judgment towards. I was just like, <laughs> okay, if this is what like, cool. Um, and I would tell people, I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I don't know. This might not mean anything to you, but this is what I'm getting. And people would be like, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I was thinking, oh, okay. So that trust muscle just started to build, I guess. And here I am. That's how I, that's how I got into it. I just was like, this looks cool. Let's go for it. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think I love what you said about leaving judgments at the door and allowing yourself to be curious, you know, as, as adults, especially we forget how to do that. And we think we have to have all the answers all the time. And when we don't, we start judging ourselves and others about not having those answers and almost being curious is frowned upon in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. the older you get. Right. So you talked, you briefly mentioned intuition. So how big of a role do you think trusting that gut muscle is in not only the Akashic records, but just in life in general? Mm. You know, it's, it's huge. I mean, you and I both, both, no, I mean, we've worked together. We, we've known each other now a long time. You know, you, you've obviously trusted your gut muscle to get you to this, this point. And it's, it's, it is really big. It's also really hard, right? It's, it's the biggest and hardest thing. I think anyone kind of gets around to doing because it, it requires a few different things to build that trust, right? It, it requires you to discern, to have awareness, right? And then to discern what, what is for you and what is not. Because what sometimes what's coming through your intuition isn't always for you. It's for you to be the messenger to the next person, for example, or, you know, whatnot. You know, even as simple as I don't have that gut muscle, like my gut, it's not for me, it's not a gut feel that comes through for my intuition. I don't, I don't get that in human design, I'm a projector, which means I don't have a a gut feel. Right. So it was learning what's the equivalent of a gut feel. I remember so many times that people would be like, so what does your gut tell you? And I'm like, um, (laughs) absolutely nothing. Like, you know, like I was like, oh my God, this is weird, but just kind of getting into like, what does your body actually tell you in terms of that? Maybe not your gut feel, but now I, I do know where the physical yes or no is in my body. And having practiced that, I actually just feel the innate yes or no. Um, But trusting, that's the hard part. We trip ourselves up over it. Um, And even I do, like, I I do it to this day. I've even kind of gotten a formula down of how to ask myself yes or no questions, how to get around that so that I'm just like, are you sure you're sure you're sure? Because I can, you know, (laughs) ask my own intuition. Are you sure? Are you sure, sure, sure? Um, And even like, you know, on days where I'm like, Oh, I don't know, maybe I'll pull cards to help kind of actually funny story. So this morning I woke up and I was like, I think something's up with my sacral. I, I, but I can't, I couldn't really get a read as to what was going on. So I said to myself, 
cool. Let's pull some cards. And if you, and I knew that this particular deck had a sacral card and I'm like, and if the sacral comes out, then I know the sacral card was the first card to come out of the deck. Oh my goodness. Right. So even when I was doubting my intuition, even when I was not trusting, I kind of set the parameters of like, all right, guys, I'm not trusting right now. I don't really know what's going on, but here's the parameters. If you want me to go check into my sacral, have the sacral card come out and boom, first card that came out was the sacral card. Oh my gosh. I love that. So I think that signs are such a fun way to experiment, right? So I had not that long ago, I had a reading with a medium for the first time in my life. And my dad came through, which he passed 15 years ago now. And ever since he passed, I find dimes all over the place. And I know they're from him. And I had, after this session, I was like, I knew it was him, but then you do this whole, like, but was it really like, you know? And so I said to the universe, to my dad, I said, all right, if that was really you, I want, I want a dime. And then I forgot about it. Right. And then I go about my day and my daughters and I went out shopping and I, my oldest daughter wanted something to drink. So I gave her some cash and she went and she got something to drink and she came back. She gave me nine dimes in change. (laughs) So your dad's like, Hey, just in case you were questioning this, here's not one, but have nine. (laughs) I'll give you nine times over what you asked for. I know it's, I agree with you. I mean, science is such a, a fun way and it, it, it's really being open and receptive. Like you said, you're like, I forgot about it. And, you know, you, you could have been walking in the mall and found one on the ground, but this was just a way easier way to deliver it by having your daughter, like, give you nine dimes. I mean, they could have made 90 cents up in a different, in way different. Any other way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was amazing. I wanted to go back to something you said uh, about intuition, because we do tend to second guess ourselves. And so for me, I think the hardest thing when it came to my intuition was I would get, you know, that hit of whatever the answer was that I was looking for, but then my brain kicks in and it's like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 I don't think that's the right answer. And so I, had to learn how to stop questioning the questioning and just go with that first instinct. So I love what you said though, about not everyone is going to feel it in your gut and really learning how to do the yes and no test. And I know one of the ways that you do that is with a pendulum. So Mm -hmm. I would love for you to tell us a little bit for anyone who doesn't know what a pendulum is, kind of what, what it is, what it's used for and how do you use it? Yeah. So, um, a pendulum most basically I'm going to say is a weighted object on a, on a string. So you can use a, um, a ring on a necklace, you know, you can buy a pendulum. That's typically a crystal on the end of a, of a chain of some sort, um, a button on a string. Like it's just, it's, it's a weighted object on a, on a string type thing, but 
What I will say, what I love about it is I find a pendulum when it's calibrated to your energy. So when it's calibrated to you, it serves as an antenna that connects your inner world, your inner guidance, your, you know, what's trying to come through to your outer world because it's visual. You can see it move in a yes, and you can see it move in a no. So um, I started using a pendulum a couple of years ago to help me build my intuition muscle to help me build the trust. I mean, I can, I can see it, say, say yes. And I can see it, say no, and I can see it stop. (laughs) So when it was like, we're not going to answer, or that's not the right question, it would just stop moving. And so what it did was help me visually see and, and understand what was coming through. It really did help me connect my inner world with my outer world. But it also helped me refine what I was asking, because if it's just sitting there and I'm like, oh, shoot, what's going on here? I started being like, "Are you, do you mean you're not going to answer me? And then it would say no. And so I'm like, OK, so you are going to answer me You say yes. And I'm like, hmm. So we started playing this game and it just became fun. So it started to help me be like, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of there with the question, but they're trying. So meaning also I'm kind of there with the guidance. I'm kind of interpreting what they want, but they're trying to veer me just a few degrees to the left, for example, and I'm looking straight ahead. So when you use a pendulum, you can kind of tell like, Hmm, I got most of it. Kind of understand. I understand the big picture, but now we can color it in a little bit more. So I use my pendulum all the time. I still use my pendulum quite a bit. Um, I use my pendulum in all of my sessions because I find that it's really helpful for others um, that may be in a session with me or on the phone to be able to see. I tell people that I use it and I hold it up because even when I'm saying words where if I'm saying like, okay, did I get this correctly? It will swing. Yes. As I'm you know, thinking the words or saying the words out loud. And if for whatever reason, I start to veer that little degree off course that they don't want me, it starts to go to a no. And I can automatically be like, okay, so I understood the guidance up until here, but maybe they don't want me to do that right now. Maybe they want me to plant that seed so that I do it in, you know, so that I'm prepared to action it in whenever I need to type of thing. Um, I also use my pendulum to clear energy, uh, to do healings. I use my pendulum to activate energy, to bring in energies. You know, a lot of the times, uh, when we're going through our own development journeys and, and all of this work that we're doing, uh, all of our personal growth work, you know, there's a lot of aspects where we feel like we're releasing a lot. We're, we're real, I'm shedding this and I'm, I'm releasing these tough emotions and I'm, I'm, shedding my shadow. I'm shedding my ego, but then you also want to fill that space up with passion and fun. And, you know, so you can use your pendulum to, to do that. And I will say that there is actually like nothing that I don't ask my pendulum. Like I can ask my pendulum what outfit to wear today. Um, if I really am like stuck and I'm like, okay, let's see. (laughs) you know, should I wear these pants or those pants? Am I going to feel good in this or that? You know, um, sky's the limit. 
So when you are working with your pendulum, would you say that's your intuition giving you the answers? Would you say it's spirit guides giving you answers? What is giving you the yes, no answer? Mm. So if you working with a pendulum, it's also called dowsing, but it works with kinesiology's concept of muscle testing. So when you break it down to that, they'll tell you that it's your subconscious. Okay. It's your subconscious speaking through the pendulum. I will say that, yes, it is your subconscious, AKA your intuition also speaking through your, your pendulum. But a lot of the time I find it easiest if I speak to a guide. So if I, I know my guide's name now, you can figure every, anyone can figure out their guide's names. Um, yeah. Just ask the question. What's your name? Uh, and so when I, when I am finding it, for example, I'm in overwhelm, I've got a lot of emotions or it's just, it's feeling really chaotic in and around me energetically. If I speak directly to my guide and I'm like, are you here? And it shows me a yes. I'm like, okay, right. Check. You're here. Can you answer this for me? Yes. Okay. And then I ask the questions. It's just this extra like they are guiding you through your own intuition. Absolutely. Um, but I will say that the answer sometimes like, and when I say answers, I mean, the swing of the pendulum becomes a lot um, fiercer, quicker, bigger when your spirit guides are answering you versus when your intuition, sometimes again, you're in the middle, you're in the, if you imagine yourself in the eye of a storm, in the eye of a hurricane kind of thing. Sometimes it's hard to hear. Mm, Definitely. (laughs) You need a little bit of quiet. (laughs) Yeah. So you have this 50 yes, no questions for love, money, and manifestation that I will link in the show notes, but what would people, what can they expect from that? Yeah. So it's a guide that I put together because everyone asks me questions about love, money, and manifesting, how to manifest how to bring in their desires. Everyone was asking me these yes or no questions. So um, what I did was I pulled all kinds of questions together that I could think of. And really, you don't need a pendulum to to use it. Um, It explains within the the first couple of pages, like, hey, you can use a pendulum or you can simply take a couple deep breaths, ask yourself the question and just let the yes or no come through. It's, you know, it's the same. Um. So really what it, what its intention is just to guide you through getting some clarity. I find the manifestation ones, for example, are really great because people often come to me and say, you know, well, this is what I've been working on, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. And if you use some of those questions, you may find the reason why, you know, they're all designed that if you look at them and you go through them and start to like put the puzzle pieces together, all of a sudden you can see a bigger picture. So I'll say to people like, okay, well, check check there because one of the questions is, um, I mean, directly related to manifestation is like, do I have any contradictions in my field? So am I saying that this is what I want, but on the flip side, my energy or some of my limiting beliefs or, you know, something else is saying, nah, actually she doesn't really want that. Like, am I saying that I want to be successful, but then I have this contradiction in my field that says, 
but I actually really don't want to be seen. So it's kind of, you know, that type of thing. Um, so it's really just there to sort of help you at times highlight where some of the blind spots may be, even get clarity on the next steps. Um, because oftentimes, like you said, with the signs and symbols, you know, we're getting signs and symbols and we're like, eh, I don't know if that's really the one. <laughs> Or you're feeling like you should action it. And then you're like, eh, I don't really know if I'm ready yet. So like, it just kind of helps you move through some of those things a little bit easier. And again, don't need a pendulum to use it. You can totally ask yourself these questions. Yes or no. Um, but it's really just there to highlight blind spots, give you some clarity, uh, help you move into a new, new place and space, even help you ascend to a degree because it is really helping you kind of elevate your vibration, get a new perspective. Um, and I just, I really, it's important for me that people, you know, have the ability to get their own clarity. And this was just an easy way to sort of share some of the things that I'm super passionate about with other people. That's amazing. I can't wait to download it myself. I really love the question that you said about any contradictions when you're trying to manifest, because I think that's huge. If someone's words don't match their emotions and their feelings, that is going to be a block every time that I think people don't realize is what's keeping them from getting the thing that they say that they want. Yeah. And I mean, when you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, you know, in the beginning, I was talking about how I just took all these different modalities and things that's actually a big place and space where the records help, right? Because all of a sudden I can see this contradiction. I might not know what it is. I just might be like, Oh, told me I have a contradiction. Okay. Well, so now I'm, I'm understanding that something in my energy field is being like, yes, but no. Um, and that can be frustrating to all of a sudden try to figure it out. Right. Like that can, you know, we're sitting there thinking like, oh crap, I've done all this work. Like here I am, what's going on. Um, and that's where a lot of like being able to access the records, my records, or, or even help others access theirs is goes hand in hand with that, because that's where you can start to be like, mm, actually it's ancestral. So it can be from your family or, you know, um, you may be feeling this way and you're not understanding why, because it's actually decontextualized. Like you don't have context because it's not from this lifetime um, or it's compounded over many lifetimes. So, you know, some of these beliefs that were just like, eh, I don't really like buy into that. Well, maybe not so much in this lifetime, which is great for you. You've done a lot of that work, but there's, you know, Think of it like a residual smoke, like fog, like the fog machine's gone by, but you still got that, like, <laughs> like that's kind of in your energy field that needs to be taken care of. So certainly like once you understand that there's a contradiction, um, cause some of them are very evident, like you and I both know, sometimes we say one thing we say, we want to like get in shape and be all great. And then we go, you know, party all weekend long and then, and, you know, whatever, so some of them are evident, but others are not. And a lot of the time when we're at that frustration point of what's going on, why are we not manifesting this particular, whatever we're looking for, it's because we do have that sense of awareness. And so that contradiction is, is 
I'm going to say probably harder to find than just like, hmm, yeah, actually my parents always said money didn't grow on trees. So yeah, now I have this money mindset thing going on. Yeah. I think that's so important. What you said too, about it may not necessarily be from this lifetime. We have so much baggage that we're carrying around from other lives that we don't even think about. And so it's important to remember that it, it may not be as obvious as we think it should be. So I know we've talked a lot about Akashic Records, which is such a fun topic, but I know you do so many other things and you do galactic light language and you have your dragons. And so I would love for you to just talk about whatever comes to you as the most fun thing, the fun, most fun modality that you work with right now. Ooh, the most fun modality that I work with right now. Um, I'm going to say, I don't even know how to describe it because it's just been coming through and no, I do know how to describe it. Cause my guides are like, yes, you know how to describe it. So for, for all of you listening, <laughs> guys are just chirping in my ear right now. Like oh. anyway. Um, so I have been doing what I'm going to call source code healing um, or source, source code restoration. And it combines <laughs> dragons, which is super fun because they can do so many cool things. And so quickly, all kinds of off planetary beings, which um, by that, I mean like archangels and just like the Pleiadians and like all kinds of amazing starseed um, beings that come forward to help. And what I've been finding is that people have just been coming to me recently and myself included, where we're just kind of like, a loop has been playing, for example. So for me personally, I had found that this loop had been playing. And I'm like, every time I would get to here, it just felt like this glass ceiling would hit. And this glass ceiling would hit. And I'd kind of go through this loop and it just felt like I was going to a washing machine almost. And all of a sudden, with, with all this energy that's been coming on the planet, which is a lot of new positive crystalline energy, it may not look like that to our, to our two eyes, but to our third eye into our esoteric bodies, we can really feel that it, it's, it's coming in much differently. Um, all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, there's just like this big piece of my soul was kind of like missing. And so it was showing me how to like bring it forward and, and bring it in and, and re, you know, attach it to the grids and put codes that needed to come forth. So this is kind of like the funnest thing that I've been playing around with. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with some amazing people on this right now and be able to help them through, you know, really quick changes. Um, and, and some, some kids that are just having a hard time adjusting to what's going on right now. Uh, that's been kind of cool where their parents are like, I, I don't know what to do. And it's like, okay, let's just, put them in this, you know, sacred container and let's do this work on them. And, and, you know, have their parents be like, I don't know what you did, but their, you know, their behaviors are different. Their moods are different. They're not acting this way at school. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, you know, the dragon just came around and breathed some fire and we had a good time. And, you know, like that kind of, that kind of thing. So that, that's really like, 
it's, it's all come on. So, so fresh and so new, but I would say that it's when I look back, everything that I've been doing up until now has led me to, to piece this together, right. Galactic light language, um, that shows up for me now when I'm, when I'm doing these healing sessions, um, the codes are sort of written through galactic light language. If you will, I've had dragons in and around me for so long for three or four years now, but now they're just like, Oh, if I'm just like, Oh, just send dragons ahead. I just don't want any traffic, for example, <laughs> like that's what'll happen. Um, so it's all these things that you just get to play with. And I often find myself being like, that's so weird. Like who's going to believe me when I'm like, um, actually <laughs> a really great example is when I was doing an Akashic Records reading and using this healing modality in it. And I said to this woman, um, so there's this star seed grouping coming forward. They kind of look, I'm like, this is, they don't like to be referred like this, but they kind of look like frogs. And she was like, I had a reading done by someone else. And she told me that I was surrounded by all of these frogs. And I was like, uh, okay. They don't like to be referred to as frogs. That's the easiest way for me to describe what they look like to you. <laughs> but don't call them that. <laughs> don't call them that. Exactly. So, but I just thought it was so interesting that someone else could also mm. pick up that. And I'm like, well, what they're here to do is help you, um, you know, reassemble, reassemble some soul fragments. So that's the kind of fun, cool stuff that I've been working on lately. And it's just evolving. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm not um, trying not to place any judgment on it. So I'm trying to use words like it's so magical versus like, holy crap, this is like out there. Um, but even still, it's so awesome. So that's what's, that's where I'm going. And however it shows up to be is cool with me. And I love that it's fun. And you you said fun and play several times. And I really think that that's so important to just bring that in to our lives, however it shows up and leaving the judgment at the door. Yeah. It, leaving the judgment at the door is key. Um, especially if you want to go deep and you want to grow kind of in that in, in the realms with yourself. I mean, it's not for everyone, but everyone that is in my inner circle right now, we're all like, you know, can kind of be like, ah, this cool thing happened. Like, Oh my God, did you see? And what I find fascinating is like, for example, one, one friend of mine said, I saw this dragon and was explaining it. And then I could be like, Oh Yeah. There's another one. It's right there. And it's all of a sudden in your third eye, you know, you can add to the picture. It just, that's the most fun. That to me is like, it, I love it. It's so fun. You introduced me to dragons. I don't know, probably six or nine months ago. And now I just love them. I, I use them all the time when I'm meditating and I have them all over my office. And for Christmas, Santa brought me an amethyst dragon, which is so beautiful. So yeah, I just, I can't thank you enough because they're so cool. 
So for people who are curious, whether it's about dragons or pendulums or Akashic records, what advice would you give them in terms of like where to start? I know we talked about Linda Howe's books for Akashic records, but is there any other place that if people are just kind of a little intrigued by all of this, where would you advise them to start? That is a good question because we know that resources are infinite and boundless and you can really get into a rabbit hole, for example. Like we, we all know we can go deep. Um, and that's part of awakening, right? It's just going in. Whether it's like, you know, so, you know, if I were to go to my family, be like, whoa, I saw dragons. There's like five in the backyard. They'd be like, okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send you off to a fun yeah, little she's place. She's lost it, right? <laughs> so just you know, recognizing that any seeing anything differently than you did in, in a moment ago is, is part of awakening and awareness. Um, but if you want to like really dive in, I would say to yourself first, I would ask yourself, like, is this am I meant to go look at this? Yes or no. If you want to get into dragons, an easy way to get into any of this is to buy an Oracle card deck and just kind of feel the energy and, and, you know, shuffle the cards and be like, Hey, which dragon wants to come hang out today and let whatever dragon come out. Like either, either the card kind of pops out and you're like, this is it. Or you pick the first one. Like, however you feel guided to do, it's just about giving yourself that permission to kind of get into it. So if you want to get in dragons, there's quite a few Oracle card decks that you can get into. Yeah. Um, I think I have, I think I have two different dragon Oracle decks, but I know that there's more. Yeah. I, I have one and I know that there's been quite a few that have come out since I, I bought that one. Um, so decks are always kind of a good place to start when it comes to, to play, you know, Akashic Records. Yeah. Linda Howe is a, is a good place. If you want to read a book, it's can, it, it's not the same experience as obviously learning with someone, but it is a place that you can start to get insight. And I would just like to give you a plug that if people are looking <laughs> to learn about Akashic Records, you do have a program that people can sign up and work with you one-on-one -on -one and they learn how to access their own records. And that can be life-changing. I know it was Aww. for me. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yes. I mean, I do. I do teach how to use a pendulum. So, so there's that as well. And what other offerings do you have? Uh, so I do teach pendulum classes. Uh, there's three workshops that I teach. Uh, I'd like to teach all of my workshops interactively and live just because it's more fun to oh. be with, yeah, be face-to-face. -face. Um, so I have a pendulum series about connecting to your intuition using pendulum. Um, I do have a, a intuition basics class. That is kind of where you're talking about like, Hey, I want to get into this, but I don't really know where to start. We dabble. Basically we dabble. We learn about, you know, keeping our energy sovereign because it's much easier to connect to your intuition when your energy is yours and yours alone. Um, and then kind of learning how to like read cards, for example, those types of things. Um, and then I have, um, sessions, but then I have the one-on-one -on -one mentorship, like you said. So it's kind of like something for everyone and really like, it's where you feel guided, even, even with books, even with resources, I would say the biggest thing is follow your guidance because there is 
even if you don't know what it is, just whatever is telling you to like pick that thing up, pick up this deck. You should pick up the, oh, look, cool. That's your guidance. That's something telling you to connect with that piece, that material, that whatever, because it's infinite. And you may, you may even read 10 pages and be like, not for me, but guess what? In those 10 pages, something connected, you needed something from it. And you may not know in that moment, but you will know later on. Definitely. Definitely. And yet following those breadcrumbs is just so important because in those 10 pages, maybe you weren't totally into whatever you were reading about, but something was mentioned. And then you're like, I want to go look at that. And then you go follow that breadcrumb and it turns into something else that turns into something else. So that's super important. 100%. You made a really good point about the breadcrumbs because I think I've been there personally. I'm sure you have where we think like, we just want it laid out in front of us. We just want the path. We just want the whole thing. And it, it really never fills up like that. It always shows up as one little breadcrumb after one little breadcrumb after one little breadcrumb. Yeah. One step at a time. They, they don't, yeah. uh, they don't give you the whole, whole picture right away. <laughs> Not even when you were learning in the records, right? They were like, no, no, no. No, but I actually remember a few times uh, when I was first learning and I would ask a question and my guide would be like, not right now. You're not ready for that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it will mm-hmm. come. We're not doing that right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> okay. So the way I would like to end is to ask you five rapid fire questions. And by rapid fire, I don't mean you have to hurry up and answer, but I don't want you to think about it for too long. I just want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. S- tell me something that makes you laugh. Mm, something that make oh memes memes make me laugh mm, there's some good ones out there <laughs> yeah there's some really good spiritual memes out there right now that are hilarious <laughs> all right your favorite way to show up for yourself at re- as it relates to self-care I'm gonna say boot camp right now like boot- a fit fitness boot camp going, going to fitness yep it um so it's meditative like when you're in that zone that's my favorite way to show, show up for myself right now Yeah, I totally agree. All right. What were you doing the last time you lost track of time? (laughs) Probably scrolling TikTok. (laughs) That damn TikTok. It's like a time suck, but it's so good. (laughs) It's a warp. You're gone. (laughs) I love that. All right. What is something that you're excited about right now? I'm excited about possibility. I know it seems like a really broad concept, but I just feel like there's a lot of possibility in the air right now. Um, You know, spring is coming. It feels flirtier. It feels fresher. It feels like opportunities coming. And I'm just in this space where I'm like, whatever, come with me. Um, So I'm most excited for, for possibility. We're just embracing it. I love that about possibility because I've been talking to some of my friends and we said, even with all the chaos that's going on in the world, there is this sense of hope that something's changing. So Mm -hmm. I love that answer. All right. Last one, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? First and foremost, I went to university in Europe. So the first thing that comes to me is I would have said to stay there. (laughs) 
you know, I moved back home because I was like, oh, well, it's finished. So you move back home. Um, and that kind of goes in the broader picture of, I, I, I would have just told myself to keep following my prompts, my inner knowing versus what I thought people wanted from me, what I thought society wanted from me, what I thought my parents wanted from me. Um, and really just, I would have told myself to ask myself more of, am I doing this out of obligation or am I doing this out of knowing and meaning this is what I know to be true. And uh, cause there's a vast difference that I learned much later in life. That's beautiful. And you know, the thing with this podcast that I really want to give permission to people to do is to live life on their terms. And I think what you just said speaks to that so beautifully and you do that so well. And I admire you for that so much. Thank you. All right. Where is the best place that people can find you to connect with you? Yeah. So the two primary places and best places to connect with me are either on Instagram which is Tara underscore McCrory or at my website, which is Tara McCrory.com. Um, I know that you're going to link it. So I'm not going to spell it for you because my last name can be a bit of a, that double C in there gets a little tricky. The double yes. C, the double, the R-O-R-Y. <laughs> like people are always like, it bounced back. I'm like, it's either you missed a C or you missed an R somewhere. So yeah, I'll uh, put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me there. Uh, either, yeah, Instagram or, um, my website are, are the best. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I love talking to you. You have literally changed my life with your wisdom and your guidance, and I can't thank you enough. And it has been an honor to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an amazing experience. Thanks, Tara. We could have kept that conversation going for probably another two hours. I absolutely love talking about the realm of possibilities and all that it has to offer. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Don't forget to check the show notes for a link to Tara's 50 yes, no questions for love, money, and manifestation. Here are five key takeaways from today's episode. Number one. Have the courage to discover what you don't want in your life so that you're more open and available for what you do want. Number two, the Akashic Records is a realm that can be accessed by anyone. It's a lot like Google for the spiritual world and holds information about your past lives, your current life, and future possibilities. Your experience will be unique to everyone else's experience, and it can be a useful tool when trying to understand more about yourself. Number three, allow yourself to get curious. You never know where things will lead when you release judgments. And remember that you don't have to have all the answers. Just keep following the breadcrumbs. Number four, intuition can feel different for everyone. It may not be something you feel in your gut. Learn to listen to your body to understand how yes and no shows up for you. Don't let your brain talk you out of that inner knowing. Number five, Be open and receptive to receiving signs from the universe. Don't question how that sign came to be or if it's meant for you. Trust that you are being guided. Thank you for being here today. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and consider leaving a five-star rating or review. Your feedback helps others find me more easily, and I appreciate it so much. Thanks for listening. Have a magical day.